الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في الكلام المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters past two weeks we had discussed some about laziness the discussion centered around the hadith sharif in which the dua of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was mentioned that the dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal kasal ila akhirih ya allah i seek your protection from being incapable and from laziness so now the aspect of laziness as discussed previously is a very major disease and this major disease can be very problematic if a person does not take the necessary steps to overcome it initially a person will be lazy for things that do not really become a very severe problem if a person neglects it it might be small things and a person feels lazy to do those small things things that would not be affecting too many other things so in itself it's wrong it's bad in itself it's harmful but very very confined because it's not going to affect anybody else much for example a person is sometimes feeling lazy to now is a very very simple basic example but now the person is eating for example busy eating and now they felt that the salt is a little less in the food but now to wake up and go and fetch the salt and come back and pour, put some salt in the food now feeling very lazy to wake up so now it's a ajeeb laziness normally people want to enjoy that food so now to add that little salt in the food will bring so much more enjoyment in it but the laziness became a problem now the person is feeling very lazy to wake up and to go and fetch that salt so now if somebody else was around they would pass an instruction oh somebody has a little bit more concern they'll make it a request but otherwise we'll start shouting at somebody oh if somebody does it well they'll request someone now he's feeling lazy so don't go to pick it so the effect of that is confined to oneself it doesn't affect one's deen in any way if the person ate food without salt it won't affect deen though in a way it can be a negative aspect because now the person ate that food which was saltless so somewhat tasteless or it wasn't in a optimum manner so the sugar might get affected because it's something within a person's reach it's available that salt is present 
But it's just laziness that's coming in the way. So now the person might eat that food half-heartedly, which could have been eaten with more relish had that little salt been added. Not for the sake of just enjoying the food in itself, but so that the sugar will also be accordingly. So if that was not even available, then you'll eat what is there and make sugar for that also being available. That at least this much was there, that though there was no salt in the food, but there was food. So how much sugar have to make on that food? But if the salt is available and it's not being used, then that's laziness. So now that sugar also will be half-hearted. So, but in any case, the point is that any of the compulsory aspects of deen in terms of faraiz, wajibat, that didn't get affected. It wasn't a sin and it didn't harm some other person. So that laziness became a means of some lack of taste in that food. But that's where it got confined. Now this is one example. But the laziness starts off on small things. Now if a person felt a little lazy for this, it doesn't harm anybody. But that laziness itself is a disease. So now it starts taking root. So first the person feels lazy about things that affect him only, personally, and not affect his deen as such. But then gradually, if that takes root, that starts affecting other things. It starts affecting others. Because a person starts neglecting his duties to others. It starts affecting what is necessary to be done. Now a person who is studying, for example, they in madrasa, so that laziness starts creeping into the person to the point where they neglect their work, they don't learn what they're supposed to learn, they don't complete the work that was given. One is there was some other valid reason, but many times purely out of laziness. So now out of laziness, now that starts becoming a cycle. So first it was just some homework that was not completed, then it gets to something beyond that, then there was a test, but the person was too lazy to learn for the test, so now they failed the test itself. And then as time came now, it's too lazy to learn for the exams, final exams are coming. But too lazy, too lazy. And then last minute, one night before, the person is trying to cram everything. Now that doesn't work. So now as a result, the person failed. But now, where did this come from? It came from laziness. That there was so much of time available, weeks in advance, but that laziness made the person procrastinate. That laziness leads to other things. Now, procrastination. And carried on procrastinating, delaying, until the last moment, now it's too late to do anything. Too late to really make any effort. As a result, the person failed. Now, the person failed, so now that becomes a major setback. Because it was out of laziness, it becomes a major setback. So now there's a lot of misery. Somebody is reprimanding, somebody is uh, withdrawing some privileges, parents are upset. And now that starts another cycle. You want to become more obstinate. One thing leads to another, but the root of it was, the root of it was laziness.
this is the issue to always try to identify the root of the matter. A very great personality, Hazrat Mashaf Ali Thanwi Rahmatullah he was very firm on those who had come to him formally for their Islam. Somebody came as a visitor, he would treat them with very great ikram and very great uh, khidmat, etc. Because they just came as a visitor. But somebody came officially, formally to say that they came to stay there in the khanqa and they came to have their islah made. So he would take them to task for what would appear to somebody else as a minor thing. Now a person for example did something which he should not have done. He spoke out of turn. Now outwardly he just said one word, he just said one line, he spoke out of turn. So it didn't appear to be a very big thing. It didn't appear to be a major thing. But he would take it very seriously. And he would take the person to task for it. Now people who sometimes would observe this, they would be very perplexed that what's the reason for now making such a big issue of something so small. I used to state very clearly, somebody comes as a visitor, he's my guest, I will treat him with the best of uh, ikram and khidmat etc. And I will look for all the, the positives in him and focus on that and send him off after that because he's come as a mehman, he's come as a guest. But if somebody has come for the purpose of Islam, then I examine him with, so to say, a microscope. I examine him with a very careful eye, every action, every word, every deed, because he's come for this purpose. And therefore, I regard it as my duty to now uh, take things to task if something is out of place. So now when somebody did something like this, he said something out of line, out of turn, he said something which was not called for at that moment, the Imam would take him to task very strongly. And now people observing this would be very, very confused sometimes. But sometimes he would then explain also, he would say, it's not this line that was said, this one word that was said, or this just speaking out of turn, that is the problem itself. This is a symptom of a deeper problem, the root issue. So he said, I focus on the root issue. What was the root of this? Now, for example, the person spoke out of turn. Why the person spoke out of turn? What was the reason? Now, sometimes the reason for that is, it is coming from out of hubbe jah. Hubbe the love for the ego. Now, for example, two, three people, or somebody is talking to some elder talking to a mu'allima, talking to some senior person. Now that person, that mu'allima or the elder, whoever it might be, is asking the person some question and the person is responding, replying. And uh, what about this? What about that? Uh, somebody else who's sitting there, they decide to chip in. They decide to chip in uncalled for. And now the mu'allima or the elder, whoever asked that person some question, so this person, the third person who is not part of this conversation, not spoken to, Neither was it being expected of this person to be joining into this conversation. Now this person chirps in and says something quickly. Now what was the reason for this? Now many a times, many a times, it's not for us to just jump to conclusions about others, but for us to examine ourselves. Somebody else does it, we are not anybody's sheikh. We are not anybody's muslih. That now we go to, go to start making those... 
conclusions, jumping to those conclusions. This is for ourselves. We need to look down within our own hearts. Now the person spoke out of turn. So now Hazrat Muhammad says, I would try to scrutinize that what is the underlying reason. So I would ask the person, why you did this? So sometimes someone will say, no, no, I made a mistake. He say, no, 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 there's no such thing as a mistake. What prompted this? He say, I want to go to the root of it. What prompted it? And the person will make some, okay, he'll say, no, no, I won't do it again. He says, no, I'm not interested about that right now. Very good, you won't do it again. But what prompted this at this moment? Why you did this? What was the underlying issue? So now sometimes the underlying issue is this hubbuja, this love for the ego. What it is? That now this elder is talking to this person. I'm sort of left out. So now I need to make my presence known also. And also that I'm not just a nobody. I also know some things. I also have some idea of things was going on. I can also contribute to a conversation. I can also say things. So that is the underlying issue. That ego. That I must be recognized. I must also be acknowledged. I must also be given some kind of uh, attention. Now that is the root issue of what happened. And that root is very, very detrimental. That root is a root of something very dangerous, very detrimental, very harmful. So now when he used to take people to task on things that would apparently seem to be minor, it was not that minor issue that was being taken to task really. It was to treat the root, because the root was very dangerous. The root was very detrimental and harmful. So now the root is what is very, very important. When a person does things, says things, it's stemming out of something deeper. That kind of action, it's a good action. The person did something which was very positive. So often it's stemming from something very positive deep down in the heart. There's genuine humility in the heart as a result of which the person uh, did something in that particular way. The person responded in that particular manner. That person uh, undertook to do something, whatever it might be, whatever the issue was, but that good, that positive action or those positive words, it's actually stemming from something deep down which is positive, mashallah. The person gave somebody something saw somebody is in a bit of a tight situation, somebody is in a problem, so quietly, very, very discreetly, when it gave something. So now that giving, that giving is an action, it's an external action. Person gave five rand, person went and shared some of her lunch, he went and did something, went and shared some uh, whatever good things they had to eat, so shared something. So now that's an external action. And they went very quietly, discreetly, didn't put the person in any situation that now others come to know that, okay, this person now was given something. Now, that external action, number one, of sharing something, and number two, of how it was shared, very quietly, very discreetly, keeping the person's dignity in place, this all stemmed from something deep down. It stemmed from generosity. Now, that's a condition of the heart. That can't be seen. You can see the action of giving. But the generosity of the heart is what spurred it on. That now I have so much, I should share something. Somebody doesn't have anything, I should share it. Now they say, it's a good quality in the heart. 
And then there was ikhlas in the heart. Sincerity. So now number one, the generosity spurred that feeling of wanting to share. Wanting to help somebody else. But then that sincerity and that ikhlas, that guided how it should be done. What must be the manner? How must I go about it? How can I go and do it discreetly? And then that ikhlas kept the lips closed. That there was not even the slightest indication to anybody else thereafter. That look, I, I did this and I gave that person this and I helped that person out in this way. Or some indication in some roundabout way that that what that person got, I gave it. There's one incident, we, we started off on a different topic, but whatever Allah Ta'ala wills, Inshallah Allah Ta'ala make this beneficial for us, for me first and foremost and for all of us. In India previously, perhaps it still happens uh, now also, so if there is a, uh, somebody is now getting married, now from this village, the boy's party is now going to have to travel to some now distant village somewhere where, the girl is living, so now they're going for that nikah. So now in those days, in the olden days now, this is sometimes a couple of days journey by horseback and uh, the caravans and whatever else, and the wagons. So now sometimes it's a couple of days. So now the boys party would go, and then they would now, the nikah will take place, and then bring the bride and come back, and then all her things and luggages. Now this used to become sometimes like a dangerous thing, because those days the roads and go to camp out somewhere in the open for that one night and then move on. So as a result, as a part of it was, it started off on this, then it became a custom. But this was the background to it, that because of the dangers that lurked, now people know this is a wedding party that's going back, they're probably carrying some uh, valuable things with them, there might be some jewelry in this also, there might be other goods, so they would loot and waylay those people and rob them of all their things. So as a kind of security now, a big party would go along with the groom. Maybe 10, 15, 20, 50 people too might go. This was more started off on this note, like a kind of security. So in any case, this whole groom's party would go along and they would go and then come back. So one such wedding party, the groom's party now, are traveling and they're going to that distant place for that nikah. So the groom was a poor person. So, there was another person who had a nice shawl. So, somebody suggested to this person, who was also going to go along with this groom's party, that, uh, why don't you lend your shawl to the groom now, he's getting married. So, now he'll have something nice to just wear for his wedding. He'll return it to you afterwards. So, now this person wasn't too thrilled about it, but now, he had no, perhaps, option, feeling somebody will say that, now, what kind of person you are, you don't want to lend him. So, he lent it to him. Now he lent it to him, but now he did the external action was there. He lent. So now, mashallah, the external action. No, no, sure, you take it. But now the heart wasn't generous. The heart wasn't generous. So now the heart wasn't generous. So now this is going to be troubling the heart. Hey, but now my thing, and this person is using it. But now the person gave it, and hey, but why I gave it? Now it was something that I should have kept. The generous person gives something and feels happy to give it. He feels, mashallah, at least, you know, Allah Ta'ala gave me tawfiq to share something. Feels very grateful for that. And then he sees somebody else, mashallah, using that. 
he feels very happy with it himself. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala made it possible that I could share this with this person. Now the person is wearing it, or using it, or eating it, whatever the item might have been. But the person who doesn't have this in his heart, now he did it for the sake of just keeping his respect in the eyes of people, whatever the case is, but that will be a turmoil in his heart now. So now this fellow also didn't want to do it, but now he had to do it because now somebody will pass some comment that you're a miser. So he lent it, but now this is troubling him. So any case now, as they're moving along, now the this whole wedding party would go from now through the road that goes to that distant place. They'll pass many, many villages on the way. And now this will become a big drama now. Everybody will come out to see there's a wedding party going. So they want to see now who's going. So now one of the things would be is now who's the groom. So any case, this wedding party is going. So one person, they pass one village. One person asks, but who's the groom? So they happened to ask the person who had lent the shawl. That who's the groom? So he pointed out the groom is that person there, but the shawl is mine. Now the groom was wearing that shawl, so he's pointing out that's the groom. So he's the groom, but the shawl is mine. So now others who overheard this part of the wedding party, they said, look now, what was the reason for now saying that the shawl is mine? You lent it to him, fine. It's yours. Nobody's going to steal it. But now what was the need to say that? He said, okay, okay, fine. No problem. Then, they came past another village. So, when they came past the other village, again somebody asked, who's the groom? And they happened to ask the same person again, who had lent the shawl. So, he said that, uh, the groom is that person there, but the shawl is not his. So the first time round, he said, the shawl is mine. Now, they told him, what was the need to say, the shawl is yours? So, now, he said, but the shawl is not his. So, it comes to the same thing, in a way, that if the shawl is not his, then who is the shawl? So then, it will come that, okay, the shawl is mine. But now, he said this much only. He said, no, no, but the shawl is not his. So, now, again, somebody reprimanded him, that what's the need of bringing up the issue of the shawl, they asked you who's the groom, you pointed out there's the groom there, that's it. That's the end of it. But now this is that in, inner quality, that miserliness. But now that miserliness can't let him keep quiet about it. So now he wanted to make sure that the person knows, look, that shawl is not his, the shawl is somebody else's. So he said it like that. So now they reprimanded him on that. that now why you brought the issue of the shawl out? Okay, very good. Uh, next time... I'll keep that in mind. Now they came past the third village. Now the third village again somebody asked the same person, who's the groom? So he said, look, the groom is that fellow, but don't ask about the shawl. Now, somehow again the shawl came away. The first time he said, my shawl. The second time he said, not his shawl. Now when they reprimanded him the second time also, so now he's saying, that's the groom, but don't ask about the shawl. So somehow he brought that back because his heart was now upside down. My shawl and this person is wearing it. Now where that stemmed from? Every time that shawl thing is coming out of his mouth. That shawl, he learned it. He did the external action. He did the external action but he can't keep his mouth closed about the shawl. Some way or the other that has to come out in some form. Either he said it's mine, then he said not his. But then even the third time too he had to say don't ask about it. Some way it must come out. Why? Something is wrong inside that heart. That heart, that's the root issue. So now that laziness, 
we were talking about the laziness. Now, just like this person, there was miserliness in his heart. So, now that miserliness is bringing out something from his mouth. Repeatedly, same thing. Now, how... So, Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullahi, we were talking about, he used to say that, I don't focus on that action in itself. The action was wrong, but not that that now became the main focus. Because that action itself, even if it was wrong, it was apparently minor, so a little bit of a advice might have been sufficient for that. He says, I go deeper, it is the root of the problem that I am looking at, that what is the root of this issue, where is this heading, what has prompted this. So now the prompt and the underlying issue is hubbul this love of the ego, pride, that's a very major thing. So now as a result of it, he used to take the person very strongly to task. So now that will start treating this root. It will start uprooting this, this weed of pride. Uprooting this weed of the love of the ego. Uprooting this weed of showing off. Now that was the thing he was treating. So likewise, coming back to our discussion, our topic of today, we are talking about the aspect of laziness. So many a times, now we took a very simple example that that person decided now he's going to eat that food without the salt because he's feeling lazy to go wake up and go fetch that salt and come. So outwardly that was a minor thing. Nothing. No big deal. It's just that he ate the food without salt. So the taste wasn't there. But the issue is that that fed that root of laziness. It fed that quality. It strengthened it. It made it f- more deeper. So now first, he neglected something that didn't bother or affect anybody else. But as this gets deeper, it starts affecting others. Now for example, a person who is in this stage of their life, they are in madrasa, they are studying or whatever else, but now they allow this laziness to become part of their life. Whether it's madrasa work, now they go home, now the mother is saying, help out with something. Not that because she needs the help necessarily. It will help her. It will make life a little bit easier for her also. It will relieve her of some task. But she wants to get her daughter trained. And I say, no, no, I'm too lazy. And sometimes this and sometimes that. Not saying, no, very seldom somebody says that they are la- feeling lazy. But the excuses that come stem out of this laziness. So now... The mother will do the task, she will get the job done, she will finish off. But what's happening in the meantime? In the meantime, this laziness is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Now the time came for the next phase of life. Because life moves on, the days and months and years just pass before a person knows it. Next three years have gone, five years have gone. Now suddenly, the person is now married and in another home. But now, they took along their bags of goods and clothes and other household items and other luggage. So now while there were a few bags of all the other things, there was a big bag of laziness also. The baggage of laziness went along. And forget baggage of laziness, sometimes there's like container full of laziness going along. But now there's responsibilities, there's primary responsibilities. The responsibilities of running a home. Previously the 
person just neglected things or was feeling lazy. So now her mother did it, her elder sister did it, somebody else did it, life carried on and everything is carried on. But now, now there's responsibilities. But now to fulfill those responsibilities requires that energy, it requires the person being ready to take on things, to do things and knowing the priorities and giving uh, first attention to the priorities but now this laziness over time has set in and this laziness has gone deeper and deeper now hey, I have to go and wake up and cook ok let me just see now what's on the phone now first let me just see now some cousin might have sent something on the whatsapp let me just see now this uh, something else now at the in the, now that laziness is not allowing to now first go and do what is necessary, what is the requirement of the time, what is the priority now the priority was to get the work done the priority was even before that now obviously we are talking on a general note the laziness starts coming in the way of the farais the person did wake up for fajr, why was he lazy can we imagine what a tremendous harm was caused a fard was neglected and now the as a result of that the sin that was incurred the heart goes into a turmoil then the darkness that settles in the heart and as a result of that now the person is inclined to so many wrongs and then the barakat that leaves the home as a result of now neglecting salah one thing after the other and then now the barakat is gone the shayateen are there then that creates fights and that creates arguments one thing leads to another where it stemmed from, person was too lazy to wake up for salah. Now, then the day is going on, too lazy to wake up to go and do the necessary work. To start off with now, get things going. So now the person is sitting on WhatsApp and the person is sitting here and there. And the time is passing. Now suddenly it's too late. Last minute now to rush and do something. And that last minute job is a just a haphazard job. They call it Lata's job. So, obviously things are going to get all in a haphazard manner. And then this haphazard job is going to bring problems. Something is going to get burnt in the process. Something is going to get torn in the process. Something is going to get overdone. Something is going to be, instead of now sprinkling salt, going to end up pouring salt because now so much, everything is in a rush. So now first it was tasteless, now it became so full of salt, now you can't eat it. So all these problems, but the root issue, very often, is not that this is the only thing that happens, everything stems out of laziness, no, that's not the issue. But very often the problems stem from the initial point of laziness. Laziness became the, the starting point, the person was lazy to now get going and do the necessary things to do something for the child immediately because of feeling that laziness now that which was necessary to be done for the child now I'll do it later that later that delay became a problem and that created an issue now sometimes there's some other issue in the way as a result of which something now has to be juggled do this first or do that because that now is more urgent that's understood these things happen in life so now this can just be delayed for a few minutes. But very often these delays happen purely out of laziness. Now one thing happened out of laziness that gave, gave rise to something else. 
And then that created a problem, and that problem created a big issue. But the root issue was this laziness. Now that is the issue that we need to become conscious of. The root issue. What is the underlying aspect in many of our man, uh, the problems that we have? We'll find in many things the problem lies with laziness. So now that laziness started off on a smaller note, started off on a note that just affected us only, but then gradually it started affecting others. And then it starts affecting a household. And then it's affecting a household, others are not going to take it lightly, others are not going to just overlook it all the time, it's going to start creating problems. And then when the problem starts, the arguments center around the symptoms. But he did this and she did that and so on and so forth. But very often the root issue is something else. The root issue is laziness. That laziness gave rise to all those symptoms. And those symptoms now became problems. So therefore, this is the great depth that is there in this dua. We will never be able to get anywhere close to the bottom, anywhere close to the real depth of this. This is barely, we are not even scratching the surface. But from this alone we can understand that how deep this dua is. We can get some kind of idea that what a great dua. And what a great lesson, what a deep message that we have to combat this laziness. We have to combat this laziness from now. And if a person overcame this laziness now, they will have, inshallah, a very, very easy route forward in many aspects of life. Challenges are there of different natures, different things, but they'll be able to handle those situations also very well because they are not uh, shackled by laziness. So, this is a very, very important aspect that we need to focus on. We need to work hard on getting past this laziness and making dua also, learning this dua, making this dua after every salah, making it other times as well, and begging Allah Ta'ala's help. May Allah Ta'ala grant us good akhlaq in entirety. May Allah Ta'ala make us among His obedient servants and make us among those who do that which pleases Him at all times. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وَنَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَسْتَعَاذَكَ مِنْهُ نَبِيُّكَ وَحَبِيبُكَ سَيِّدُنَا مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعاب وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه الحمد لله